0: Good morning and welcome to worship on this Sunday where we remember and celebrate the baptism of our Lord. Uh, We'll invite you to stand and face the baptismal font. I also want to welcome those who are worshiping with us from home and our friends at the Springs. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light, and our salvation joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And so let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood, you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea, you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word, you claim us as your beloved children, making us heirs of your promise and servants of all. We praise you, O God, for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives with your forgiveness, grace, and love. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Amen. going together and praying. Holy God, creator of light and giver of goodness, your voice moves over the waters. Immerse us in your grace and transform us by your spirit that we may follow your son, Jesus Christ, our savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated and prepare your hearts and your ears to hear the word of God.
1: The first reading is from Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness He called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day, the word of the Lord.
2: Let cry to the Lord you. And in the temple of the Lord All are crying
1: The second reading is from Acts 19, 1 through 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, into what then were you baptized? They answered into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was come, who is to come after him, and that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongue, tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. The word of the Lord.
3: the gospel according to mark the first chapter glory to you o lord i'd actually like to begin 3 verses earlier than you're reading at mark 1:1 the beginning of the good news of jesus christ the son of god as it's written in the prophet isaiah see i'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way the voice of one crying out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord And the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Today I'd like to focus on two verses. From that gospel reading, holding them a little bit in tension. The first, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the second, just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heaven torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. You need to begin well. I was told that by my supervising teacher the first time I was ever a teaching assistant in a college classroom. You know, there's a dynamic of teaching college that I know some of you know well, where the one thing you don't need to have done is have taken a single education course on anything. And so I was a first year MA student in comparative religion, and had been contracted to be a TA for the large lecture class introduction in the New Testament, I was 23. Most of the students were older than me, as it was often juniors and seniors in the class. So by way of training, given I had no formal training, to lead these sections one day a week, the supervising teacher just said, you need to begin well. And also make it clear to these students that this isn't going to be an easy course. And he explained that first impressions really do matter. And that, given the realities of what college is, especially for undergrads with as few religion majors as we had, that if they get the tone and sense from you, you're the one who actually works with them, that you really don't need to do the reading and work in this class, they really won't. So, begin well. The trouble with advice like that is, it's nice to say begin well, but how? He was never very specific, and I didn't really have a very good idea. Well, I'll tell you, that very first class I taught when I was 23, that confusion came through. I had no idea what I was doing, and the students picked up on that very quickly. Because as I learned very quickly in teaching, the one thing you can't have is a lack of confidence, and at that age, I didn't know how to fake it. Not saying I ever do that now. The entire quarter, I never gained control of that class. Then I tried it again the next year and the next year, and I improved over time. But I always think of what Dr. Williams said. You have to begin well. And I say that because here in the Gospel of Mark, we have a beginning. And Jesus' baptism is the first scene in Mark that we have with Jesus in it. It's the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. See, in Mark, there's no birth narrative. We don't have the introduction of the baby Jesus who comes into this humble estate like we saw in the Gospel of Luke, where we saw the Savior of the world who comes as this vulnerable and weak baby. Instead, this is our introduction to Jesus, this baptism scene. And here in Mark, the introduction to Jesus has nothing to do with weakness or vulnerability. The first thing said directly about Jesus is about power. When John the Baptist says, the one who is more powerful than me is coming after me. This is going to be about a powerful figure. And then Jesus actually shows up and is baptized, and as he comes out of the water... We discover John was right. This is a powerful figure. The heavens were torn apart and the spirit descends like a dove on him and a voice comes forward saying, you are my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is a figure of power, not of weakness. It's the beginning of the gospel. Mark begins well. We know right from the start, this person is different. And that's really probably not too surprising for Mark, given what verse 1 said. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. Jesus is introduced as both Messiah, translated in Greek, Christ, and Son of God. So in some ways, we honestly aren't all that surprised at the baptism, that it's an act of power that establishes this person. But there might be something that does surprise us when this happens. When it says, He saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove. The heavens torn apart. So we expect Jesus to be Son of God and Messiah, but we might not have expected is how that was going to affect the world around him. The heavens torn apart. Notice that it does not say, the heavens were torn apart, the spirit descends, a voice comes out, and then after all of that drama is concluded, the heavens get sewn back up again, and are healed, and we go back to what it was before. No, the heavens remain torn apart. It's not just... That there is something different about who this new figure is, Jesus of Nazareth. But also there's something different about the very world around us. Part of what's changed is the world. This is the deep theology of the incarnation. God becoming human. The seeming dividing line between God being somewhere else and humans being down on earth is now completely and forever gone. The heavens have been torn apart. That verb, by the way, torn apart, only shows up one more time in the whole of the Gospel of Mark. At the crucifixion, when the curtain of the temple is torn in two. Once again, the division between God and humans, where the Holy of Holies was separated from all the other people, was torn apart. I think that moment of power, the moment of saying that God's doing something new and that all things have been torn apart, I suspect that sounds pretty good to our ears. It sounds like something we can take great comfort in, and I think, for the most part, we can. But I also think we ought to hold space and recognize how that can be challenging and scary. It's saying that the heavens, the structure of the world that we see around us, have been torn apart and not repaired. The idea that the world around us is consistent and that we can count on it in behaving in ways we can predict and understand, that too has been torn apart. We'll find as you read the rest of the Gospel, many weren't so sure and weren't so sold on this Jesus and what he was doing in his ministry and often not because of he's saying he's Messiah, but more of he's saying the world you thought you knew is changed now. They wanted the world to be the one they operated in comfortably. One in which they could know how God was going to work. They wanted God to remain separate from us most of the time, except for those moments when we wanted God to do something. And, and I want to emphasize, this was not good theology at any time, but people definitely thought of it, said, well, there's an easy pattern for that. When we want God to intervene, enter into the temple, offer a sacrifice, and then at that point, God can do something for us. And then when we don't want God to do anything, then just don't go into the temple, and then God won't interfere in your day-to-day life. Again, that wasn't good theology, But as you read the Hebrew Bible, you discover people thought that generation after generation. But now, the heavens have been torn apart. The dividing line between God and humans has been torn apart. We don't get to choose when God is working in our lives. Our comfort in the predictability of the world, of course, our We're always, and are always, our own illusions anyway. But with this new thing, we recognize that those illusions are gone. We begin this gospel saying, the world is nothing we thought it was. And that something radically new is here. Sometimes, of course, I do wish that meant we had the comfort of having a completely predictable world that we can count on and we can always know that even if the world's bad that it's not chaotic but that's not the god we have in the gospel of mark we have god who tears the heavens apart who in the incarnation of christ emphasizes that god is always with us and the world isn't gonna be what it was nor necessarily what we might prefer that God works in very surprising ways. We don't get the comfort of a life that's easy to understand. But what we do get is the power of a dynamic God in our lives. If we can get beyond that fear of not knowing, not understanding, not being able to predict what will happen, then we can embrace the joy that we don't have to be able To predict our lives and the world around us. And we don't have to because of the action of Jesus. Here at Jesus' baptism. There at the cross. Tearing the heavens apart. We don't have to know how to begin well. Like my teacher always wanted. Because God's already begun well. That's the power of God who is with us. The God who at the incarnation became human and still remains human. The Spirit who descended and who still dwells among us. The voice who spoke to Jesus and who still speaks to us. That's the God who tears the heavens apart to be with us at all times. Thanks be to God. Amen. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. As we celebrate Christ incarnate, we pray for God's blessing on the church, the world, and all of creation. Inspire wisdom and a spirit of proclamation in your church, God of forgiveness. Uplift leaders to share the truth of your word in community. Encourage us to live into the promises of baptism, working for justice and peace in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renew your creation, God of thunder and mighty waters. Restore the rivers in which your children are baptized. May fields flourish and grow. Summon the stewards and caretakers of the land to cherish your good works. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give strength to your leaders, God who is present in every country and community. Raise up leaders committed to equity and healing. Grant them discernment and compassion as they lead in love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect and cherish the most vulnerable among us, God of strength. Accompany those separated from family or hurting from broken relationships. Shelter our unhoused neighbors and any experiencing poverty. Protect those incarcerated. Care for the sick and suffering, the injured. We pray especially this day, for Terry Chapp, Chuck Dietz, Dal and Gay Haverland, Sheila Jarosevich, Lori Lund, Jody and Doug Martin, Morgan McCrory, Jeff and Gretchen Seamus, and several of the family members of David Joe. For whom else or what else do the people pray? All these we've named aloud, those held in our hearts and those known only to you, we lift before you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trusting the assurance of the Holy Spirit, we remember all who died and rest in God's care. Give hope to those who grieve, even as we rest in your eternal promise of resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Knowing the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we offer these prayers and the silent prayers of our hearts in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to stand up, share that peace with one another, and also wave to those joining us from home. Peace of Christ to you as well. A few notes about our life together this week. First thing I wanna say is directed to those of you joining us from home or the springs or wherever you are, we're doing, we're trying something new. One of the great gifts we have is the high quality image and sound we have in our live stream. But one of the biggest challenges though, is that because of the program we use that makes it uh, that high quality, we don't have an ability to know who you are. Um, So, now we're trying something to try to connect with you and for us just to get a sense of who's joining us in worship each week. So if you go to Central's website, right where you normally log into the live stream, you'll see a new button right underneath it that says, let us know who you are. And it's just, if you just click on that, it's a form that you could fill out. Just let us know who you are. This is part of our way of just connecting as one body together. And if that form is too confusing, just send the office an email. And just let us know who you are. There's a few little fields you can check. There's a place you can write a little message. This is just a way of how we can be together as one people. So take note of that. We're trying that this week. Hopefully that'll continue. And then the um, next announcement is to note That Together Tuesday returns, this Tuesday, with our normal schedule. Not the one we did during Advent, but our normal schedule. So a common meal at 5.15 and then classes at 6. Um, Third thing, save the date for our semi-annual congregational meeting, which is going to be the last Sunday of January, January 28th, between services. Uh, please plan on being there. Among the agenda items uh, will be our mission and ministry budget for 2024. And because we've got a lot of business to do that day, um, I'd like to invite you to the previous week to that, the 21st between services, the finance team is going to lead a, a conversation about the budget, on the 21st between services to get us ready for the annual meeting. So the 21st will be an informational meeting about the budget. The 28th will be the semi-annual congregational meeting, both between services in the parish hall. So um, please put those on your calendar. And then finally, two things happening today, which is that after service, join me in the library for adult education as we continue our series in the Gospel of Mark, but we will be beginning with the beginning of chapters 1 and 2, so please uh, come join us today. And then directly after service, there is going to be individual prayer offered in the chapel. So anyone seeking a little individual prayer, please go to the chapel, and one of our prayer ministers will meet you there. So with those announcements... We will continue in our service with our offertory carol. Please stand.
0: Let us pray. Gracious God, receive the gifts we bring ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Through this meal, unite us as your body, shining with the light of your justice and mercy for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Creator God, through Christ our Lord, sharing our life he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, in mercy for our fallen world you gave your only Son, that all those who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We give thanks to you for the salvation you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Send now your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we may receive our Lord with a living faith as he comes to us in his Holy Supper. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we will receive again by intinction, so we'll invite you to come forward down the center aisle and then return by the side aisles, receiving the bread in the form of a wafer and then dipping it into the cup. This is Christ's meal and it is Christ who bids you come. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Giver of every gift, Christ's body is our food, and we are Christ's body. Raise us to life by your power, for the benefit of all, and to your glory, now and forever. Amen. Before standing for the benediction, I'd like to invite our Eucharistic ministers to come forward. You know, Gary and Marla are here today. Sally is coming to our 11 o'clock service. But we also want to recognize Gary and um, Kelly Brown, who serve as Eucharistic ministers at the Springs. And so we want to invite you to come forward for a special blessing. You know, having consecrated the elements of bread and wine, we want to give thanks and praise to God for the work that you do on our behalf. And also Kelly and Gary at the Springs, and Sally Dean. We ask that God will guide you in your serving so that our brothers and sisters in Christ who receive the gift of Holy Communion may also be strengthened for their journey and kept in God's grace. Let us pray. God of all life and all good, bless your servants and those whom they serve. Make your presence known in your Holy Supper so that all who share in this meal may be fed and nourished with the bread of life and drink from the cup of salvation. This we pray through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And now please stand for the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you both. Christ, Amen. Did I consent to switch sides because I didn't come? Okay, (laughs) I was like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was thinking, I didn't see them coming. (laughs) Hello. How are you doing? Good news. Yes. So you saw in the bulletin? Oh, I'm. Oh, shoot. Hi, Drew. I I thought. um, So actually, this was intended for us to.